That's a good podcast posture. That's a good podcast technique. Jammin number okay. one. Jammin and number when one. you put, I don't know what you're saying. What are you saying? Jammin. Jammin? Jammin number one. Jammin number one. Testing. Testing. Mm-mm. Were you in a reggae band? I am a reggae band. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, everybody. This is Danny. My guest on the show today is Aaron McCutcheon. I've known Aaron for about eight years now, and she is one of my most favorite people. She can make me laugh at any moment and tends to find the ridiculousness in any situation. Aaron is a coach here at the Academy, a registered massage therapist, and recent mountain climber. So we talk about a lot of things on this episode, including her recent trip to Africa to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, her adventures in the Great White North, and a whole bunch of other things that you will find absolutely inspiring, funny, interesting, and there may or may not be some unicorns and kitties. Okay, listen in. band. I am a, I am a reggae band. We're called Framen. Framen. <laughs> Where's that name come from? Catherine Morley. Okay. She, she, oh, this she is... thought that the CrossFit workout Fran was called Fram. So when Bob Marley would come on, she'd be like, we Framen <laughs> and thought that I would think it was the greatest thing ever. And it was, but it had nothing to do with the gym. Uh, Catherine was your partner in it, something. Uh, I shared a studio with her. Right. You've met Catherine. She I know. sings songs. She has a new album. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen her in a while. She has an album? Yeah. Let's plug her album. We should. Catherine Morley. Fuck. Okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Catherine Morley. Google Catherine it. Morley. Yeah. I, mm. No, I, I have just haven't seen her in a while. And I was asking the question because not everybody knows who Catherine is. No, she, she's a singer. When I ask questions, sometimes I actually know the answers. I just want to you you help down. the audience out. Yeah. Because they might not know, right? Right. That's my job as a podcast it host. It is. Informing, informing the audience. Yeah. I'm not Danny anymore. I'm, I'm a podcast host. When I have these earbuds on, it's totally different. Where's your turtleneck? My turtleneck? You didn't like the turtleneck that I wore on Halloween. Nope. Why? <laughs> you wore it too well. It suited you. What? What does that mean? <laughs> it's just bad. Dude, when I was in high school... I was all about tur- no, not high school, uh, junior high school. All oh those no, Varney. Remember that brand Varney? Yeah, Varnet. Uh, they had all these like I think they had turtlenecks and like no, they necks. had mock neck. Mock is that what it is? Mock neck. Isn't that the half the half know. turtleneck? I don't know, but there's definitely photos of me wearing that um, from tucked s- into my my jeans. Actually, like my Halloween costume, which was for those who weren't here on Halloween, I was Steve Jobs. <laughs> A very convincing. Yeah. Creepy version of Steve Jobs. I was the Michael Fassbender <laughs> version because I'd just seen that movie which is a great movie if you're a Steve Jobs fan. It's It was my favorite Steve Jobs movie. Uh, it was, yeah, like really uh, it was almost like a Shakespearean play. It I was, didn't see it. It's amazing. You're not a Steve Jobs fan though. I mean, you're not, you're not, you don't care about technology. No. You're like the, actually you're the opposite I'm the of Amish. caring about. Te- <laughs> you're the Amish of technology. Is that offensive to anybody? Probably. But the Amish, I'm sorry. they won't be listening to this anyway, so it doesn't matter. Oh. You can say whatever the fuck matter. you want no, about you the can't. Amish. Yeah, you can. Oh my god. You totally can. <sighs> yeah, that's the beauty. Okay. Of the Amish. I'm urban Amish. Urban Amish? That sounds like ergonomic. I know. Urban Amish. <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty. That's like a hipster, basically. I, is what you're describing. I come up with all the good ones. Urban Prerogatory. Amish. Prerogatory. You came up with that? Yeah. I don't know if I want to talk about this because this is proprietary. Oh, sorry. It's a secret. Well, I might as well. Whatever. Cat's out of the bag. I don't think I'm going to do this. But I, for some reason, I've always wanted to start a pierogi restaurant or a pierogi stand because I'm, I'm Russian and, and my mom used to make pierogies, like one of my favorite food. And this was like two or three years ago. 
and uh, and and here we are two or three years later, and there's like pierogi places yeah. popping up, which hurts my feelings because I had the ball, that idea. Man. I did, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's a tough, but also I don't know if I could reconcile my values around nutrition and health with owning a pierogi restaurant unless it was a paleo pierogi restaurant. Paleo pierogi. Uh, yeah. 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 That's not possible. I've looked into it. So speaking of awesome things like pierogies, like the segue, you just came back from a pretty epic trip and a very um, life-changing experience. You want to get into that? I did. I spent the last month in Africa and climbed Kilimanjaro. And Where exactly in Africa is that? Tanzania. Tanzania. So, East Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of right on the border of Tanzania and Kenya. So, yeah. So, I remember talking to you before the trip, and I don't know what the right word I can use to describe your state. Panic, fear, terror. Yeah, those are three that come to mind. <laughs> And you, yeah, you were, you were stressing out. I was stressing out. And, and I say now, um, as soon as I got to the mountain, that stress seemed completely unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it was caused by me asking too many questions to too many people who had climbed it. And maybe they didn't have a good experience. And instead of just rolling with it, I freaked myself out. So you let the advice or opinions of others kind of get in your head a little too much. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Do you regret actually asking for opinions or advice? Um, some, yeah, I do. Um, Mm -hmm. and it was funny when, when my last week in Africa, I went back to Tanzania and stayed at a place where a lot of climbers went before or after their climbs and they would ask me questions about it. And I didn't want to say, I just said, you know, it's, it's, you're gonna have an awesome time. It's right. amazing. You're gonna love it. Well, did you did you let them know that they'd be like challenged to prepare? What kind of advice? It's nothing to prepare. It's too late at that point, right? Right. Just go with it. Like there's nothing you could have said. N- well, I think there's a lot of things I could have said, but why? They're gonna exp- everybody experiences things differently. Mm-hmm. So there was no. I didn't find any point in being like, oh, this day was hard, or you know, this day was short or long, and it was the best or the worst. There's no. There was no point. They might have a completely different experience than me. So, it's funny when people give you advice. I feel the same things happen, right? Yeah. They kind of try to put their frame yeah. around the experience yeah. that they may have had, and in a lot of a lot of times, it's, it's well intentioned, but yeah. it still could get in the way of your own experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, you agree. And yeah. Uh, and yeah. So so you were freaking out and uh, do you, do you think looking back on it now that was maybe in some ways not the point, but it was one of the benefits of this type of experience that you get to sort of check in to see what you uh, feel and do prior to a giant challenge like this. One that's actually worth freaking out about too. A lot of people don't take challenges worth freaking out about. Yeah. And, and, you know, maybe it's just part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I had another reason to freak out probably three weeks before I left. I developed some serious tendonitis in my Achilles that mm-hmm. uh, was at its, you know, 10 out of 10 worst only when I had my hiking boots on. <laughs> Which is a problem. Uh, so I stopped my... I stopped the training that aggravated it, which was my cardio mm-hmm. and my endurance, my hiking, all that, and just focused on strength. So that freaked me out. Could you just get a new pair of boots? I did. <laughs> that didn't help. No. No. It was just... No. Um, but what it was it about the boots? I think... Like and they weren't tops? too tight. Yeah, they're boots. So they give, they give you ankle support. And I think my Achilles wanted a little bit of freedom to move mm. around. It seemed fine in my trail shoes which I wore until summit day. So mm-hmm. on the mountain, I was, that was completely fine, but it, uh, it really threw my, my training off in a bad way. And what did you do to train when you were yeah, actually able to? Kind of, kind of hard to train for, you know, 
You did a lot High of mountain altitude. climbers, <laughs> a lot of step ups. Right, I did. Right. Uh, hard to climb for or train for any mountains in Ontario because there's not really much here, and especially when you need to do it every day. I'd end up in High Park and I would do hmm. about seven, seven or eight kilometers, um, either with a extremely heavy backpack, about 20 pounds more than what I would be carrying on the mountain. And how much is that? It was, you know, between, depending on what day it was, how much clothing we needed, it was, I would say, 10, anywhere from 10 to 15 pounds. So you're, you're, the, the backpack is going to be about 15 pounds. Yeah. And then you would add weight on top of that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you're like about 30, 40 pounds. Yeah. Um, so Ouch. I would train doing that or alternate between um, doing trail running and stairs. There's mm-hmm. wicked stairs in High Park. And there was one day where I did four kilometers of stairs and kind of wanted to just crawl into a bush and <laughs> high. I'm not an endurance athlete. I like throwing things over my head. My heart rate doesn't like going up like that. But... <laughs> You've climbed stuff before, though. Yeah. Um, and did you prepare for those? Yeah. 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 In the same way, or nope. was this something? Different. This was more intense. This was more. This was, you know, before I'm like, oh, I'm going to the Rockies. I'll kind of pre- pretend to run mm-hmm. <laughs> stuff like that for a couple months before. But this, this was months in advance that I started. So, how long have we known each other? At least eight years. Yep. Right. You were one of the OGs at Gladstone, OG. original yeah. Gladstone. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and I'm not sure who was first to start coaching besides me. It was you or Freya, but it might I think Freya and I started the same around time. Around the same time. Yeah. And I mean, a lot has changed since then, right? Yeah. Back then, I guess we all got bit by the OG CrossFit bug. Yeah. And here, eight years later, uh, you know, you're... You're still here. You were coaching this morning. I was going to knock on wood, but I didn't want to make them. I'm not allowed to do that. That's the rule. That's the rule. (laughs) Um, But, um, and so, you know, you're still coaching here. You love to coach, especially barbell stuff, heavy stuff. Yeah. But this whole other side of you is developed, which is Aaron, the adventurer climber, the person who goes to... I don't remember if it was the Arctic or, or somewhere very Winnipeg. cold. Winnipeg. Or Manitoba. Yeah. Manitoba. This this person who uh, challenges herself in, in all sorts of weird and very cold or cold. <laughs> uh, very, very high elevation type yeah. of ways. And it, with that, and I think that that can relate to CrossFit in the mental aspect. So Pushing yourself. Yeah. What I liked about, what I fell in love with about CrossFit was that the mental side of things where you're like, oh, I'm going to die in three minutes. And then you're like, no, you're not. You're okay. So you just, you push yourself that way. And it, it's the same. It was the same with the, the polar training and Kilimanjaro where you're, you know, especially with the polar training that I mm-hmm. did being outside for a week and it being minus 50 and there's no indoors and you're sleeping in a tent and how cold was it? Minus 50. Jesus. Is it cold enough that where like, you know, that you see on YouTube where people take like hot boiling water and they toss it up in the oh, air yeah. and it instantly becomes snow? It would have Is been that cold? That. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that, that was, that was all mental. When I got out of the van in the location that we were at, I said, okay, body, this is the new normal. Mm-hmm. You have to realize that nothing is going to be warmer than this for a you week. You accept it. Yeah. Just deal with it, and mm-hmm. it's it's that mental thing. It's the same thing on the mountain. It's it's mental. Mm-hmm. What was tougher, the cold or the mountain? The mountain. I love the cold. It wasn't a tough thing for me. I freaking loved that mm-hmm. so much. Were you ever worried? Nope. No. No. Was I? No. There was one. There was one. There was probably two hours on maybe our third night on the ice where. I was convinced I was going to die. I was so cold. Mm-hmm. And it was because I hadn't eaten my snacks during the day. And so I ate a tube of Pringles and <laughs> it got my... Rations? Just... I was on fire after that. Um, Pringles. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess your body has to work extra hard to break them down because they're so crappy. I yeah. don't know. But it was... Did you smuggle those in or... No, it was part no. of our, our snack kit, kit that really? we got was no. a tube of Pringles. Wow. Yeah. 
that's questionable. Gross, eh? <laughs> but if you're ever in Antarctica and feel like you might be dying, whip out your Pringles. Um, okay. Well, uh, hopefully Pringles will send us some some stuff after hearing this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Paleo Pringles. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... So was that your last, before Kilimanjaro, was that like your last big crazy challenge? I, yes, yeah, I did last September, I did go out to BC and Alberta and climbed around there. That's where you're from too? Yeah. For the people who don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you're wearing an Alberta shirt. I am, although I'm from BC, but. Mm -hmm. Is that bad? I love Alberta. Yeah. Why do you love Alberta? It's got mountains. Well, BC has mountains. I know, but I love BC as much. Yeah. I just don't have a BC sweatshirt on. Do you feel that uh, after getting to CrossFit, maybe re-sparking this kind of feeling of, of you know challenging yourself and yeah. getting this mentality, and now you're you're kind of heading towards mountains and ice? Like, is that kind of a return maybe back to? You know, things you grew up on or things you would see. Do, do you mm-hmm. ever think about it that way? Maybe I'm. I love being outdoors. I love the mountains, and that's mm-hmm. definitely from my childhood. We, my grandpa had a cabin, and we spent a lot of time there. And mm-hmm. I spent all my summers in the Kootenays, and all my winters were at the ski hill. And so, yeah, definitely getting back to some roots. So, and also living in this cement box, mm-hmm. and me, me somehow, I guess, being happy here. Yeah. But needing, I, mean, I need that nature. So yeah. taking, you know, a month off at a time and going on these big trips is. Important. I know. Yeah, I know what you mean. So I don't go crazy here. Yeah, it's, it's, it, I know what you mean. Uh, you forget until you actually leave it, you forget how much you need nature. Yep. You know, like we get little doses of it through, you know, our park system. Yeah. But it's not the same. It's not the same. You can still hear traffic. Yeah, that's true. I mean, when when you're out in the middle of nowhere, the the loudest thing is the silence. Yeah, deafening. Right. Yeah. It's it's kind of crazy. So how? Just one last thing about the the cold thing. I mean, as as far as silence goes and nothingness. I remember you telling me that you were trekking through the snow. Uh, you were you were trying to find Santa Claus or something like that, and <laughs> you were that far north. And you said all you could see was white. Like, it was just white, white, yep. white, white everywhere. And it felt like nothing. Was nothing. It was nothing and everything. Yeah, that was a weird day. So, the trip was, it was a polar travel training course. It was seven days. It was in the middle of Lake Winnipeg, um, which is one of the largest lakes in the world. Mm. It's huge. Didn't know that. Look it up Fun on the map. It's okay. massive. Um and, you know, we skied, I don't know, 15 to 20 kilometers every day, pulling our sleds with our gear. It was like cross-country type yeah. ski. Mm-hmm. Um, and then setting up tents and cooking dinner and then trying to go to sleep. And you would cook the dinner inside the tents? Yeah. Cool. Which is, well, you're not, don't do that. Don't turn on your stove inside a tent unless it's minus 50. Or <laughs> make sure the vents are open. Um, but... Uh, yeah, there were why they choose that location to do the training is it mimics Antarctica exactly. Like it's windy, it's mm-hmm. you have all the weather. It's so big that you know after a day you're so far out that you don't see land anymore. Mm-hmm. So and it's it's quite flat. Like you in the Arctic, you get those huge. I don't know what they're called where the ice cracks up and you're climbing over okay. things with your sled. That didn't so much happen. Almost like like. I guess when like you know uh, titan- yeah, yeah yeah plate shifts right yeah. when the plates yeah. merge up against each other yeah so there when we had all the weather on that trip there were days where we had some sunny days which was beautiful um, we had uh, like hurricane winds that was our last day and mm-hmm. little chunks of ice flying through the air at like 8 billion kilometers an hour and hitting your hurt. face wild and loud holy cow um, but it was kind of, although it was with a group of people, it was a lonely trip where, you know, there's space between each skier and mm-hmm. you, once an hour you stop and you have a snack and some water and then you carry on. But visually there was nothing like, especially the whiteout days where it was just snow, no horizon, and then a white sky. Did you feel your 
body and mind kind of dissolve into I was that. Gone. You were gone. So that was pretty trippy. the other magical thing that happened was I've never been able to meditate because I'm like, oh my God, a dog. Ooh, look at her socks. Oh my, whose nose is whistling and like I'm all over the place. I can't do it. Out there, I, I left my body. It mm. was wild. It was absolutely amazing. And I think it was that lack of stimulation. We weren't listening to music. We weren't listening to iPod or podcasts. We, it was the sound of your skis and mm -hmm. the wind and then nothing to look at. Right. Like, it was so beautiful. The intensity of that flavor from the Pringles must have just blown your mind. Yeah. Yeah. I was poisoned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's amazing. I mean, that's what I think, you know, meditation is really. Yeah. It's just falling into that void and without just being trying there, to. Without trying to. Yeah. And so the first day, one of my guides skied up beside me and said, you know, how are you doing? And I said, I'm so boring. And he said, you're bored? And I said, no, I am boring. Like my brain is counting from one to eight mm -hmm. and then going back to one. Like, why? And I, I'm trying to tell myself stories and I'm trying to sing songs and I'm trying to get it to think on anything other than the numbers one to eight. And he said, well, try counting higher. So the next day I did one to 800. Mm -hmm. And then after that, there was no thoughts happening. And I was shocked when we'd stop for an hour, hour long or our, sorry, once an hour break, I was shocked that an hour had gone by. Mm -hmm. And I swear I lost an entire day out there. So like, time just it was, evaporated. It was just gone. Mm -hmm. It was completely gone. Um, yeah. Wow. Magical. Yeah. Usually you have to do drugs for that experience, yeah, right? right? So you came back to Toronto and what did you keep with you from that experience? What changed you? Whoa. I don't know. Just softball questions here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess the reason I ask is, um, you know, I I've been on a couple of uh, retreats recently, oh. and and my goal was to bring something back yep. into my Toronto life, my concrete yeah. life, and to and to remember to use it as a reference point. Yeah. So and and I find that's what's valuable about doing these these experiences is that you have to bring yeah. something back with you. And I think an important thing that I brought back with me, but I also took it with me, which I've never kind of put into play before was I made rules for myself. Mm. So I'm with a group of strangers, you know, you get in a group of strangers and there's a dud. And I'm like, <laughs> that's usually me. I know. Yeah. No, what sorry. Do I don't know. Hey, yeah. Geez. It is usually Danny. <laughs> um, and I'm thinking, okay, what makes a dud? A dud is an annoying person that complains all the time. Mm. So I don't, I don't want to be the dud. Rules were no complaints listen to everyone before speaking and really be conscious of what words you're going to use. Mm. So think, think, think before you speak, which is something I don't do very often. I say lots of stuff. That's, that's, that's why right. I wanted to talk to you. Right. I wanted everyone else to experience <laughs> stream of consciousness. Yeah. Too. Um, yeah. So those things, and I follow those rules. Um, and you know, tried to bring them back into my everyday mm -hmm. life. Nobody cares if you have a headache. Nobody cares if you don't feel well, you didn't sleep. Mm -hmm. Like, none of us did. You so, just gotta do it, yeah. Just do it. I just saw The Revenant. Have you seen that yet? Yeah. Yeah. I, I loved it. Yeah. Uh, it might be my favorite movie ever right now. You know what I did not like about that movie? Mm, Tom Hardy? Come on. Who doesn't love Tom Hardy? I love Tom Hardy. He was so, he was so good that you just kind of hate, well, you obviously hate the guy. He was, yeah. You know. I couldn't understand. Oh, spoiler him. alert. <laughs> I couldn't understand him though. I, I asked my friend who I was with if he was speaking English. Tom Hardy. Well, yeah. he was speaking, yeah. Because yeah, it was just Texas mumbles. English. Just mumbles, like sure. classic Tom Hardy. I didn't like the bear in that movie. I thought the bear was so fake. It was a C, obviously a CGI obviously, bear. Obviously. Painfully obviously. Yeah. I love bears. Maybe really don't screw fucking the bear hate up. bears. No, come yeah, on. Come on. Come on. They okay, eat. let's let's not give away the whole movie, but definitely I, I feel for most people you're gonna hate bears after. But that movie He was right, hungry. True. You know what? It was nature, right? You need a bear. History is written hungry. by the winners, so and, and by the people who can write it. So <laughs> right. humans, you know, write history. But that movie made me feel like such a wuss. Oh, yeah. 
life back then was so hard. Yeah. And um, you know, there was no Pringles. No. <laughs> there was, you know, there was. You just it was sleep inside a moose. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, there's some crazy scenes. I love that movie. So, yeah, it's it's hit or miss for some people. Some you know, some will say it's too slow, but I think it's a perfect movie. Yeah. Shot in all natural light. So beautiful. Beautiful. Ugh, people almost yeah. died making it. That's that's real art. And I had they a don't make movies that like on that. It. Yeah? Yeah. It's probably misery. Tell just us. No, he loved it. Loved he would, it. and he was set deck too, so he's like shuffling snow around and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was shot in Alberta. Yeah. So Okay. So you're back in Toronto, you've you know, almost frozen to death. You've had Pringles and I'm stoked. You're stoked. I want to go to Antarctica after that. Okay. So after I came back, I uh, um, N- uh, National Geographic does live talks down at Roy Thompson Hall. You should check no them way. out. So you can I go and you that. can learn about cats. Let's go. Or no, I don't want. They I, usually I don't need to learn about big cats. cats. Come on, okay. Lion, We're at the Academy of Lions. You got to go listen to okay, Lion fine. Talks. All right. You want to um, go? Yeah, Let me but know. they're normally they're normally like February March. So okay. when I came back, Corey Richards and Mike Lebecki were giving a talk. And who are they? Uh, Corey Richards is a National Geographic photographer mm-hmm. and a North Faithless athlete, and he climbs all this stuff and. Um, Mike Lebecki is just an awesome explorer, adventurer. He does a lot of solo trips, a lot of first ascents solo mm-hmm. trips. Um, are you in love with this? Someone just peered nope, downstairs. Yeah. Ding, yeah. ding, 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 ding. Um, I was going to say, are you in love with him? Because your face totally changed as soon as you mentioned his name. Mike Lebecki? Yeah. So I, I was super stoked to go to this talk and I want to meet Corey Richards. I bought a lot of his photographs. He took a lot of my money a couple years. Um, so I'm really excited to meet the guy. Mike Lebecki, I'm like, whatever, you're an awesome dude. Um, hung around after the talk. They were speaking about some first ascents that they did in Antarctica. So super excited because mm-hmm. I just got home from the ski trip. Um, Corey Richards didn't want to talk to me. Come on. Mike Lebecki saw my heart slip out of my mouth, flop around on the floor and die as I like shuffled away. (laughs) Chase is after me. Hey, how's it going? And I'm like, whoa, you're cool. You're saving the day right now. Like you're trying to make this experience great and talk to him for a long time. Mm -hmm. And what I thought was super cool about him was he asked me about my trip. Um, and found out afterwards that he had contacted my guide for that trip and they were planning on other things. So I'm like, cool, I kind of set two rad dudes up together mm-hmm. for some projects um, and have since been in touch with Mike Lebecki and talking talking about like uh, Antarctica. That's awesome. It's too expensive though. Yeah, you've told but, me about some of your, your brushes with uh, celebrity athletes and yeah. they're always funny. They're very funny. <laughs> very funny. The mo- I think most of them involve some kind of heartache. but Heartache or <laughs> far, far too many drinks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. We'll just leave it at that. It's a, but usually, yeah. Some fun evenings. Um. We'll, do, we'll do another episode <laughs> on that. But, um, okay, so why Kilimanjaro? Um, I don't know if I ever had any desire to go to Africa. Um, the, the polar trip I did was through mountain professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the owner, uh, and head guide there, Ryan Waters. I had been in contact with him. It was kind of cool. The first time he emailed me was the day he got back from a unsupported ski to the North Pole. And that means which he's took, by himself? No, he was with Eric Larson. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took them 53 days. And their sleds So what does like unsupported three, mean Unsupported exactly? means no one has dropped off food for you along the way. You're okay. carrying all your gear. So oh, right. 350 pound sleds. Mm, wow. Um, and just a, a, such a heartbreaking trip. But super cool, he emailed me kind of the second he got back onto Wi-Fi. Uh, and we talked about this polar trip and uh, Ryan ended up not coming on that trip, um, but his partner Eric was the guide for it, so that was cool. Ryan, since you know, would follow up like, "Hey, what's going on? You have plans for stuff?" And last September, sent an email saying, "If you ever want to do Kilimanjaro, I'm guiding next August." And I just replied, "Yeah, I'm in." Like, sign just me like up. that. Here's my money. Cool. I'm doing this. Yeah. So, so you paid the money? Yeah, right away. Just so you can. <laughs> 
right? <laughs> he didn't make me pay right away. No? I was, okay. I was, I was ready to. Here's my, here's my down payment, and then, right? Yeah. So that's cool. And you had really not known much about it, right? No. Nope. You just kind of, all right, cool. We'll do that. Let's do it. That's I know the, it's, it's the one of the seven summits that I can actually mm-hmm. do. Uh, so for for people who don't know, I mean, describe it. Describe Kilimanjaro in the context of climbing. You know, where is it? You know, where does it stand? I guess it's a hike. It's a hike. There's no skills. Mm-hmm. If you can, it's a walk up. Walk. Uh, you well, I, I shouldn't say if you can walk, you can climb that because it is. It's it's a, a tough one, mm-hmm. uh, but you I know. mean, it, you know, like some like a couch potato couldn't do it. Well. It's funny. I've read stories where people are like, "I didn't train at all, and I did this." I'm like, mm. "Those are probably outliers, though." And and you you get the same thing in you know marathons and, and yeah, other things like, like that. Yeah, like you always... you didn't train for your marathon and you were just like gone. You ran. That was I a couple did. Of years it ago. wasn't. Necess- I didn't break any records, but yeah. But you did it. I did it. If yeah. you said to me, "Go out and run a marathon right now," I would make it to the corner and go get a coffee <laughs> in tears. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's it's weird what people can do, right? Because, yeah. I mean, I think there's people out there who could run a marathon without even blinking who wouldn't even, like, dream of going into the Arctic. No, but that's right? another, so that's, that's the... Just different that's kind of the, challenges. The cold. That's okay, so the mental. That's, that's a mental, but it's all mental, right? It's all, it absolutely is all mental, yeah. Well, like you said, you were attracted to this, uh, the, the, the mental side of CrossFit, and really yeah. I find endurance... Uh, if endurance challenges, and this is one of them, is really about the same thing, but prolonging it over a much longer period of yeah. time, right? Sustaining that attitude. Yeah, yeah. And okay, so it's so it's 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 tough, but it's it's definitely doable by most people if they oh, yeah. if they take it seriously enough. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I think like the thing you can be in the best shape ever and not make it because of the altitude, like just. So what happened? when you started hitting altitudes that you I, had never dealt with. I feel like I hit altitude on the first day, but I also feel like that was just my poor cardio. <laughs> Whew, you, yeah, there's no air up here. Oh, we're only barbell. at like 7,000 feet. What is, what is that like? I've never dealt with it. Altitude? Altitude. It was altitude interesting. Sickness. So I I was really breathy the mm-hmm. whole time. But, <sighs> yeah, just like... Right, just like creepy breaths. <laughs> yeah super creepy breaths um <laughs> but you know as much as I felt like I was dying and all honestly felt like most of the days I was at my 80 percent mm. 80 my summit day was definitely 100 percent so your heart rate's just elevated the whole heart time. rate's elevated working breathing like crazy this was when we're moving when we stopped moving um like at our camps and stuff it wasn't so bad but I did start to notice maybe our starting at the third camp like walking walking to the dining tent Mm -hmm. I'd be winded and being like right this is crazy I just moved like 40 feet and it got to a point where rolling over at night in my sleeping bag (laughs) would win me Mm. really weird but I was lucky like I had you kind of have like a low low lying headache just drink lots of water Mm -hmm. get rid of that maybe take so you're kind of feeling like achy and just shitty yeah my body felt good my body felt really good but like a lot of people get stomach issues, mm-hmm. which was my biggest fear. I'm like, just shit your not pants. Pooping myself up this mountain, and people did, <laughs> and there were discarded underwear along the trail. Uh, and it's like, thank God that's not me, and also that poor person, right? Can you imagine? Yeah. No. No. The worst. So, and I mean, I mean, it's like here, you know, you climb this mountain, but you've shit your pants doing it the whole way up. <laughs> Have you ever the seen the whole way? Have you ever seen the dude? It's it's like if you Google marathon oh, shits. Oh no, don't! I know we can't. Okay, we're done. We're there's over just, it. There's just one guy. It seems like only like I know a bunch of people have done it, but this poor guy who looks like just the perfect dude to shit himself on a marathon. Like you couldn't have asked for a better guy to shit himself um, just from just from his facial expressions <laughs> and just everything about him. And his poor guy, like that's all he's going to be known for. Yeah. And you know, it's he like, dyed his hair. Yeah, and I want he probably like his time wasn't like he probably wasn't going for any records or anything. It was just like a you know (laughs) typical marathon runner. (laughs) So okay, so you're on the mountain. So yeah, and people are quite ill, Um, and lots of weird things can happen to the. What happened? Were people were people getting weird? Was there weird dynamics? Like what what changes when you start to to push yourself to that level? So it's usually it's physical things. So. You're nauseous. You're mm-hmm. dizzy. Um, you have a headache. You're having problems breathing. 
you feel bad. Uh, one of our one of our team members on the way down, he lost his depth perception. You imagine? So you just like walk like, straight into walking stuff. straight down a mountain. Right. It's so steep, and not being able to see where your feet are going mm-hmm. at all. And there was an unfortunate event uh, that did happen. Yeah. Right. There was a bad accident, not on our team, uh, on our way down that kind of delayed, delayed our descent. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were, we were involved, which was bad and scary mm-hmm. and really upsetting. But, uh, that's, that happens. That happens in the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. I know you don't really want to talk about it too much. <laughs> Why? Because I'm looking at the floor and my knee. Yeah. Um, you don't have to, but I mean, yeah. I think, I think it, you know. Well, it, I think what, what, uh, <clears throat> my throat now. Um, when, when I heard about it, I was, I was, you know, I was like, wow, that's, that's, that's an incredible, incredibly sad thing. Yeah. And, uh, and you think like, I don't know if the guy summited, he was close to the summit. I don't know if he was on his way down. Mm-hmm. I, he, I don't understand what he was doing close to a cliff and why his guide let him get close to that. And I don't know, was he sick? Did he trip? Was he taking a selfie and stepped off? Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, who knows what happened? And then thinking about his, yeah, there was a buddy up there, like over, looking over the cliff and like, was that his son or was that his dad or was that his best friend or was it a stranger? You know, that mm-hmm. it's someone that you just spent seven days of your life with and instantly gone yeah bad badness how did how did that affect your trip and the and and everybody else around you from from that point on well i was coming down the summit with another woman who was like instantly my best friend she was crazy and i loved her we giggled there you have definitely have a type yes that's for sure um but i was coming down with her and our guide um told us to sit down and we had to wait for probably 45 minutes to an hour. Well, he ran back to the summit to get our other guide and then they tried to help help this poor man. Um, but not knowing who it was, we were told at first it was one of our guides and then we were told it was one of our teammates and not really knowing until we got back to our high camp and we could look at everybody and everybody's there and safe. Um, it's just that it took us four hours to get Mm-hmm. down to our high camp and it was it was miserable at that point I was physically and emotionally done mm-hmm. so done I every three minutes I stopped because I thought I was going to throw up um, I just I wanted to lie down and kind of roll down the mountain that would have been a lot <laughs> nicer <laughs> but um, but you couldn't you had to keep going I had to keep going yeah mm-hmm. I mean just yeah it was it was it was a tough day mm-hmm. um, and kind of, I, I don't think I, until like maybe last week when I got home, I don't really feel like I'd done anything. Like, and oddly enough, I felt somehow that I had cheated. Why? I don't know. I, I definitely had the worst breathing problems out of our team. Me and um, another girl named Sparkle Pony <clears throat> from Norway. Her, yeah, that's a, that's a real name, right? Yeah. We, is that, is that we the name nicknamed you? everyone. Oh, really? What was your nickname? Squirrel. Squirrel? Yeah. Uh, so that, that wasn't your choice? No, it was the first. Hmm. Went to, got off the plane, went to sleep in Africa, woke up in Africa. I hear a critter outside the window. I'm so excited to throw open the window and see what sort of magical African <laughs> creature is waiting for me. And it was a freaking squirrel. And I was so You're disappointed. Bummed. Like, what? Yeah, you want to see yeah. what, like a, like a, what yeah. do they have there? Like yeah. a rhinoceros? Yeah. Yeah, a lion? Yeah. You didn't, you didn't see lions, though, on your yeah. trip. They, yeah. ate, they ate other animals. It was What do they eat? Zebras. Ooh. Gory. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But cool. But, I mean, you have the rare distinction of being one of the only people in the Academy of Lions that's actually been in, like, you know, the same area as a real lion. Yeah. Except yeah. for the zoo, obviously. And, and well, Anya. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Why so, were we talking about Sparkle Pony? Because uh, you named, you had nicknames and the squirrel. I know, but there, I had a story with And her. also, because uh, that was your best friend. And also, I, I think. She wasn't he, my best friend. Wheels was my best Wheels friend. Wheels was your best friend. By the way, your nickname should have been Unicorn Kitty. 
because that's much more. That's my secret name. <laughs> that's your secret name. Um, so yeah, so you, you made friends, I mean, you know, in good and, and difficult times, right? Yeah, yeah. Are you still in touch? You guys yes. bonded I for life? Yes, I talked to Wheels. Uh, Wheels from like Degrassi? I don't oh know. no, he passed. <laughs> In, real life? in the show. Oh God! I don't know what happened to him. Let's not talk about it. Something happened in real don't life. Don't tempt fate. Okay. Um, I talked to Wheels, whose name is Wheelis. Um, okay. So that nickname almost pretty... every day. Cool. What are you talking about? Everything. Yeah. Boys. <laughs> Silly things. Um, it's crazy how like a trip like that will bond you pretty quickly. Instantly, and with Sparkle Pony, whose I guess real name is Therese. from um, Finland. Norway. Norway, sorry. We we probably have. didn't complain at all. No. You don't have to you don't have to call her out. <laughs> there was no, there was there actually she didn't complain. This was her second trip. Okay. She, she was there for yeah. redemption. Oh, oh, the first time didn't work out so no, well. No, she has food food allergies and they fed her um, things she was allergic to on the mountain. Oh. Bad. So that's why it's important to go with a good professional group. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um but we we have a trip planned for Nepal. For 2018. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so that was actually my next question. What do you plan next? So next, next, next summer I'm doing a women's mountaineer camp uh, out in the Bugaboos, mm-hmm. which will be fun. Is it called Chicks in the Sticks? Oh my God! I hope not. <laughs> I kind of hope it is. Um, Trademark. Yeah. So doing that, and then next September. Um, doing a trip with my mom and that's cool we're going to France and then uh, the Dolomites in Italy what is that the Dolomites yeah it's a huge area in the Alps okay beautiful pointy right sticks but it seems quite luxurious like you can do they have hostels which I've been told are like really nice kind Mm -hmm. of hotels all over the place so you just do day hikes hmm. around. Uh, your mom's awesome. I met her a few times. Yeah. Um, is she into this stuff, or did you get her into this stuff? I don't know if she's into it or if she's faking it. Sorry, mom. Um, is she gonna listen because to this? I like it. Probably she's my mom. Okay. Um, I don't think my mom listens to this at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mom. I know. But yeah, she she came out this year and we did some camping out in the Bruce Peninsula and. She was gonna come to Kilimanjaro, um, mm. but it's so expensive. Mm-hmm. It, I and I, I, I went with a, an expensive group, but it was worth every penny. So, mm-hmm. so you you would recommend it? Yeah. There's there's gonna be a lot of people listening to this, you know, CrossFitters and and other people who are into physical culture or yeah. other things like that. Um, you know, and and I think like the the more time you spend in this world, the more you wanna look to test your skills and your capacities that you've built for sure and not only that like I traveling to it was like I was in another universe like Africa was wild Mm -hmm. like so different I'm like you guys know what's going on and I come back here and I'm like why why I feel like everything's wrong what do you mean just what's important to us right okay so I would be able to get Wi-Fi for probably like 15 or 20 minutes in the morning and then mm. I don't know where it went. It would just vanish from mm. the world. That was just the Wi-Fi time yeah. and then it went so away. So I'd get up and I would... Wi-Fi where? Like uh, Rwanda. No, but I mean, oh. was this in like your hostel or Oh, hotel? I was at an Airbnb in okay. an art gallery. Cool. How cool is that, right? Very cool. Yeah. Um, and so, I, you know, I'd post a picture or whatever and then I would text people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would look on Facebook and I would just shut it down. Like, oh, did you just complain about your coffee? Um, or you need to buy pants and you're not sure where to go. And things that in that moment seemed so stupid to yeah. me. Cause I'm, you know, at that point, especially in Rwanda, I'm dealing with a country that's mm-hmm. rebuilding after a, a genocide. Um, that's my dad. He just walked into the podcast. I shushed him away. Bye, dad. <laughs> um, yeah, and and just what their life is like. Mm-hmm. Like, where are you gonna go for water today? Mm-hmm. Um, like, it was. What what are big problems with here? 
are kind of silly. And what's also interesting is when I started doing research about Rwanda and watching movies and I'm like, well, we're just, we're so spoiled and lucky and privileged. And I started writing down the best parts of every day and the worst parts of every Mm -hmm. day. And, you know, the worst parts of my days were like, the funniest one is I ate too much at lunch. I had too much food Mm -hmm. today. Um, Or, you know, um, the guy screwed up my, he burnt my Americano, so now he has to make me a new one. I just missed the streetcar. I'm standing out in the sunshine listening to music on Mm -hmm. my $600 phone, feeling completely safe in a huge city, and I have to wait for seven minutes for the streetcar. This is so bad. Ridiculous. Like. Yeah, we got it good. We got it really good. good. Yeah. It's, that's why I think, you know, doing what you did is so important. You have to have that perspective. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's, it's weird how people can be so unhappy with so much. You go on the streetcar and people are, you know, heading off to their jobs, they're dressed nice, they've got their, you know, they're on their phones, but not a lot of people look thrilled to be, to be alive. Or they're angry because this person next to them touched them. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, our arms touched. Right. I'm going to lose it. Right. It's, it's, it's funny. Um, I, th- I think, oops, I think people with very little make the most of it mm-hmm. and they're able to find a level of happiness that others are, are struggling with yeah. or struggling to find. Yeah. And I mean, it, that, that always, um, that always kind of inspires me yeah. uh, to do a couple things. I mean, you know, it always makes me feel a little bit weird when I see people who are suffering because I think Mm-hmm. The people who are suffering and still able to be happy, it still sucks that they're suffering, and it's you know but, that needs to get addressed. You know, and and I always look, and I'm like, well, you know, uh, they're not just there for for me to feel good about myself or remember. There there has to be some level of change. I'm talking very big picture here, but some level of change in the more privileged parts of the world to actually do something about it. Yeah. To be aware of it, right? Because yeah. a lot of people don't travel no to places where we see it as like oh my gosh Mm. everybody here's it seems so sad or like their their lives aren't like ours but i actually did ask a lot of questions Mm -hmm. um we went to a maasai village right which made me unbelievably uncomfortable like why it's like a human zoo right we're tourists we pull up we're like hey can we come in sure Mm -hmm. show me around your house can you jump (laughs) i jumped i jumped with the ladies oh my god they jumped for so long this was the day after we came off the mountain yeah and i'm like can we stop jumping out my legs and then they laughed describe your calves they must have been just insane yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) but um and then you know i sat in one of their houses and talked to two women we had our guide who could translate for us and stuff and they talked a lot about their way of life their traditions Mm -hmm. which we see as torture this is abuse um we need this to stop how can us north americans stop this from happening in africa Mm -hmm. asked our guide can you ask the women i'm talking about female circumcision right um ask them and Translate word for word. Like, how do they feel about this? Because in North America, we see this as a really bad thing. We want to stop it. You know, would would they change things if they could? Um, it, you know, do you see it as bad? And they were like, not at all. We've been doing this. This is what we know. We've been doing this for you know thousands of years, and it's actually a you know it's a rite of passage. Mm-hmm. This happens, and it's going to be bad, but it's such a good thing, right? where we have like sweet 16 birthday parties, they do other things. So, you know, they don't, they don't want their culture to change. The government's building them schools, um, which they keep burning down, which I love. Mm. I love that. Like why, why do we think that everybody needs an education? Mm -hmm. These people do their thing. They herd their, their goats and their Mm -hmm. cows and they walk all over the place and they have giant families and you know they eat and and everything and why do they need to be educated well like what so all their children can go to school and become a nurse or you know a barista or something right and then what happens to them their culture has died out Mm -hmm. that's it messiah gone it's complicated 
It's crazy. It's very complicated. Yeah. I mean, there, there's always this this element of we have to civilize other right. people who yeah. don't who haven't been shown the light of civilization Look and, how and reach their human potential. That's done it us in Canada. Right. Our residential schools. That's exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. Let's take these kids and put them in school and destroy them. It's it's such a tough question. I think the the only thing we can really do is learn as much as we can about other cultures before we try to impose our will on them. Yeah. You know, even with the best intentions. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't want any of my body kind of lopped off, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I'm, that's not my culture. Yeah. I'm Jewish. And I don't agree. I think it's (laughs) bad. I, but that's their, their, I don't know. It's a tough one. I I don't agree with it, but if that's what they want it is but I mean you know I don't know so I was I was born in the Soviet Union and um, you know to a Jewish family and when we got to Canada I was like two two and a half years old Mm -hmm. I got a circumcision yeah and I remember it (laughs) yeah like yeah I remember being in the hospital they're like seven yeah that's infinitely worse um, because you've had it for longer and I mean Um, I had a I had a girlfriend whose dad also um, you know born in Russia moved to Israel in his like thirties yeah. and it was like all right because you couldn't get it in Russia yeah it was super racist there so he got it when his thirties and I'm like dude you like you know let it go like yeah. I don't think God really cares at this point so um, so yeah but it's uh, it's weird because I, I think about it if I have um, you know if I have a son. Um, it's it's a similar decision and yeah. it's culture and yeah. I don't know I probably have to do some research into it I mean it definitely looks cooler but <laughs> I don't know <laughs> yeah right I don't know it's 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 a, it's a very very interesting dilemma to be in and I think it that's the thing with culture and we're going through it with I think everything that's that's happening in the Islamic world and and where to wear, you know whether to wear the you know uh, you know the the headdress uh, women have to wear their headdress um, you know in in uh, their citizenship shots or, or playing beach volleyball or whatever yeah. right it's 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 really interesting I mean culture I think the only way you can really hope to deal with it is understand it as much as possible yeah understand it be educated but mm-hmm. really it's none of our business. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's tough. I don't know if it's none of our business. I think if people out there are actually suffering, it's definitely... Well, yes, okay. That's the thing. So to bring it back somewhat to the main topic, which is human potential, (laughs) which is what we're talking about here, I think anytime a human's potential is limited in the most absolute of ways, like to live a life of freedom, I think think most cultures will value some kind of freedom and expression, then it's, it's, it's something you really gotta look at closely, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and, and that's always gonna be a difficult question. I don't think it's ever gonna get fully yeah. realized. Yeah, no, you're right. And uh, so you're gonna, you're gonna travel to, to Nepal in 2018. Yeah. Um, what, what are you expecting there? What are you, uh, what are you I'm afraid of? I'm already terrified. Perfect. So, um, I, I, I asked uh, Teresa if she wanted to do Everest Base Camp. And she was like, yeah, but I want to summit something. And I was like, so do I. Cool. Mm-hmm. Pick something. So she picks Island uh, Island Peak, which is only like 405 feet taller than Kilimanjaro. But 405 feet on a mountain is a lot. So it's over 20,000 yeah. feet. Um, and also it's a different landscape, right? I'm you're dealing with snow and ice and that's why I'm doing the mountaineering camp to get some serious skills um but I look at the photos of it now online and it kind of it makes me want to throw up Mm -hmm. but slowly excitement will pop up every once in a while but I'm like oh right now it's it's big it's big it's big but we we've we're hiring uh, our same guide Ryan to take us the private group which makes me feel good Mm mm-hmm He's Are you gonna have Sherpas? Yes. Okay. So we have to address something, the oh elephant God. in the room. Cause like you called me out. I did call you out. And now we're calling said, you out on the internet. Yeah, this okay, is let's so do it. Great. I'm okay. I'll, I'll I'll own up to my mistakes. Danny. So what did I do? Danny is talking to Brian Colley yeah. and says, Oh, Sherpas are like magical creatures. They're like hobbits. Okay. I, I have to look I have to listen back. You go back and listen okay. to your mouth. That might <laughs> 
<laughs> so apparently that wasn't the, the thing to say. No, that's not the thing okay. to say. I apologize to all the Sherpas out there. Yes, and the rest of us who's... But are they, they're not magical? I think everyone's magical. They're all humans are magical. I think you're very magical. I am. Okay. But but Sherpas are they're interesting like they are interesting. They're but, and, you know, I think they, we were talking about a movie Brian had just seen and we were talking about the Sherpa movie. Yeah. The Sherpa movie. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. All right. So so not not okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> there we did. It. This is why you wanted to get on here. You yeah. wanted to like you just want to talk call about me out. You and I'd your be like hobbits. super politically incorrect to Sherpas. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. One day I hope to climb a mountain. Do it. I want to. Mountains are awesome. So it'll be awesome. I feel. Go to Kilimanjaro. Um, I feel like we just maybe just start with Everest. Just go, oh, <laughs> just like go big or go home. No. Like my hero Wim Hof, you know, he climbed it in his shorts. That's pretty dope. You know about him? He's so cool. He's really cool. I love him. Yeah, yeah. he's great. Yeah. Um. So yeah. All his interesting breathing, breathing mm-hmm. bits. I did a lot of breathing training because that's my problem. Mm. Um. Because you breathe like this. <sighs> I'm always yeah. breathy, but so I worked with Krista, my yoga teacher mm-hmm. with breathing stuff. I got one of those altitude masks knowing it doesn't help with altitude, but it forced me how to breathe. Mm-hmm. I got to say altitude is nothing like wearing one of those things. Mm. No, but it's it like made you kind of a, engage your diaphragm. Well, I filled way. up my lungs, mm. which is interesting. Um, I did a lot of, uh, meditating using the headspace app. Great app. Whoa. Incredible, right? And I did that on the mountain too. Like I would, mm. at the end of the day, I would take a couple hours off somewhere by myself and just absorb everything and listen to that app. I'm guessing meditating on a mountain is pretty awesome. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's another world. Yeah. So uh, it's awesome. I I'm kind of stoked for people to like keep track of your adventures. Yeah, yeah, it'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Bring back, uh, bring back a Sherpa. <laughs> You've done it again. Why is that wrong? Why is it wrong? Because it's not like a souvenir. No, I meant it would just be awesome to like. All right. <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. All You're right. You're putting words in my mouth. I'm calling you. You're totally putting words in my mouth. Um, I just meant you know like like an exchange program. Like I'll go and then oh. you bring back someone else. Oh, they'd be so bored. They would be bored, eh? Yeah. Well, I don't know. They'd be really strong mm. because altitude, um, you get all like, yeah, the acclimatizer. That's that's what I meant. Like, bring bring one back. Like, I think they would like crush and CrossFit. They would destroy. They'd like yeah. win the games. So you, know? you have like superhuman strength for like two weeks afterwards. That's what I mean. It was a sign of respect. I wasn't trying to. All right. You know. All right. I know you're like. I'm looking at you. <laughs> Um, all right, cool. So, uh, we, my dad's waiting. Yes. So Are you gonna I should play go. Chess? We're not going to play chess. Oh. Uh, I'm not that great at, I'm really good at connect four. We actually played backgammon, uh, a little, he taught me how to play that, but it's fun. It's pretty good. He likes the games. Yeah. No, I'll, uh, yeah, I'm going to go ask him if he has ever climbed a mountain. I don't think he has. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he has. Yeah, maybe. I don't yeah. know. Um, he's a quiet guy, but, uh, okay, cool. Well, uh, anything else you want to say before we, we jet out of here? No, no, <laughs> no, I don't think so. That's it. That's it. Uh, nothing, nothing wacky. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's wackiness. <laughs> okay. Well, we have to do part two. Yeah. Okay. Part two is on the mountain though. You'll do like a live, a live, live broadcast. <laughs> is there a Wi-Fi? Oh yeah. So there's solar power Wi-Fi, right? Our, well, or internet, something. There was a satellite, but it, yeah. it was on the one side of the mountain, and we started off on the other side. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, I'm halfway up Kilimanjaro, didn't turn my phone off, and I'm getting all these messages. So my phone just went crazy because right. all of a sudden I could get cellular mm-hmm. data. So, yeah, you could get Wi-Fi up there, but yeah. it was cool because most of my texts were from Tony, who goes to our gym, <laughs> and Tony really helped me a lot with mm. the mental aspects of training with this so I was getting like he was sending me podcasts while I was on the mountain oh, like listen to this this is mind blowing and mm-hmm. so yeah well maybe someone out there who's on a mountain you know maybe in a week or two when this comes out will listen to this podcast and be inspired maybe we'll pay it forward or be like whoa be like whoa Why no. is- 
Why is this happening to my ears? Um, okay, awesome. Cool beans. Cool. Okay, thanks for listening. Thank you. Let's high five into the mic. Bye. Uh, unicorn kitty. So